Welcome to episode 468 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, Tim, welcome along to episode 468 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James. Oh, it's made a long time no see. Yeah, been a while. <laughs> I can still somehow see these waves crashing in outside my room. You can never let Hawaii go. That's the problem with you. You know, I can't. You know, it, two weeks later, you still think you're sitting in the room with your, mm. with your, your leave pictures beside you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Feels like it's thirty degrees, but it's actually three degrees outside. Yeah, it's actually nice day here in Christchurch today. That's yeah, it's good. We've again this year seems to be. A we good haven't one. done it. We haven't done a weather report for a while. No, exactly. So yeah, well, you know, you still feel like you're in Kona. That's the problem. I'm like John, get over it. Move on. Yeah, onwards and upwards. Okay, John, Bo, we are in the last week of our pre-recorded shows because John is still in Kona and I am off in Bali. Well, I'm about to head off to Bali. So this week it is a little bit different, but we are going to get back to normal, back in the studios next week. So first of all, I am talk is proudly brought to you by. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. And extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer and also our patrons, John. Yes, we have got some fantastic patrons this week. And we've got Jack Cousteau Lynch. Good old Colin, hungry like a wolf. Durant, Durant. that's sensational. Michael Diggett Dooley. Good old Adam the King Turner. And Nick, the Admiral, or Rose, or Nick Nose Rose. I go with Admiral. You tend to go with Nose. I'm not quite yeah. sure. Where, where did he come from? I don't know. Maybe he's got a big schnozzle. I can't remember. No, he hasn't. Nick, we don't know quite well. Yeah. 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 I'm sure you remember no, the story. Know. The Admiral is definitely the one. Um, Jonbo, again, it's amazing. No news this week. First time you have it. We didn't even get the results through from Ironman Cairns. There must be something wrong with their website. What I found fascinating is they put the race off and they're just like, nah, we're not doing it because Iron Talk's not on. And I was like, oh, it's yeah. really great. So, no, so we don't Ironman know the Kins, results. Ironman Cairns was held at the weekend. Okay. And Here's we've got our done. fingers crossed Here's that. Uh, Bevan, not Bevan Doherty, he's retired, that uh, Cameron Brown and Dylan McNeese uh, took it out, the, took the race out, one and two for us Kiwis. Have you still got last week's show notes up? Pull them up. Mm, okay. We're going to make predictions. That. We're going to make predictions right now because everyone who's listening knows what happens. So we're going to make our predictions right now based on what happened. Okay, so we're going to pick the top three guys and girls. Okay, so leading out of the swim, we had Dylan McNeese. Yeah, no, I don't care about swim bike run, just who won. Okay. Who won? Okay. One, two, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go James Carnema, Cameron Brown, Dylan McNeese. I'm going to go... I was going to go those two first two as well, but because I like to be different. Cam Brown. This guy's a mm-hmm. legend. He's been racing well lately. He's taken yeah. it out. Then... Yeah. I'm going to go... You have to go James Carnema. No, McNeese, Kiwi one too. Goes to Australia, dominates okay. the dojo. And then, yeah. and then Pete Robinson, out of nowhere, had a great run, got in third. <sighs> I know mine's more risky, John, but I live on the edge in life. I don't take safe bets, yeah. you know? Yeah. I don't get a 10% return. I go for a two mm. times X, John. That's what I do. John, right. what about the girls? 
girls side of things, well, I'm going to go for Gina Crawford because Liz Blatchford is not having uh, hadn't, hasn't had the most amazing start of the year, nor has Gina Crawford. But I think Gina Crawford's going to pull it all around, and yeah. she's going to smoke her, and it's going to be Gina first, Liz Blatchford second, and then I'm going to go for uh, uh, I will go for. Michelle Bremer in third. Ah, big mistake, John. Big mistake because it was actually mm. Gina Crawford. You got the first two right, but a young mm. lady called Kim Coogan came in at third place. Kim oh, Co- damn yeah, it! Yeah, out of nowhere, Kim Coogan from yeah. Australia. She's got big future, John. Third place. That's my pick. Well done, Kim. Well done. Why don't you go for the Kiwi trifecta? Hey, because the facts are the facts, John. I wish that was the right. case. I wanted to say Marie Sorrell. But I couldn't yeah. because Kim had a great race. You got third. So, <clears throat> you know, so. when you've got the facts in front of you, John, you just got to stick with the facts. And that's how I roll. Jombo, what's happening this weekend? What is happening this weekend? We have got uh, no WTC races from what I could uh, gather, but we do have a few non-WTC races coming up. Now, whenever I get, need my info for non-WTC races, always go to k226.com. And uh, sussed it all out there. And that's where I'm going right now because I seem to have lost all my pages because Bevan threw me off by having to pull up last week's show notes. But it's okay. I'll survive. You will survive because you're tough. I'm going to say June, July, uh, maybe the Schloss. Schloss? Schloss? The Schloss? Let me have a look here. Let me have a look. Bear with, bear with. Oh, you only do long course, don't you? Coming up this weekend, we've got... The Mavoria Man in the Czech Republic. We've got the Swiss Man Extreme Triathlon. That looked like a great race. I remember looking at that a few years ago, more in the, the sort of the style of Norse Man, Kelp Man, etc. We've got Forest Man in the UK, and then we've got the Triathlon du Sud in France, and then we've got the X Man in Romandy in France as well. So lot of long distance racing this weekend but no WTC stuff so go you good things that are doing all those other races around the world okay good times go to six guys it's a really great website we use it a lot so if you want to check it out uh, they've got some good work there okay Jombo uh, we want to do an age group of the week before we do a sponsor this week because we're kind of we haven't got a lot of content let's be honest so let me put up my little show notes here and age group of the week this week age group of the week group of the week okay so wait a second because I think I've pulled up the last ones yep here we go this one here okay this week's age group of the week was sent through from Peter Githens and he's got age group of the week I would like to nominate my friend Susan now he's even written how to pronounce it Van Zale as age group of the week I thought we could have coped with Susan I think we and you, did, you didn't even get that right oh, was it Suzanne the surname oh. Suzanne <laughs> <laughs> thanks hey, hey um, Pete next time just send through how we pronounce the first yeah. names as well yeah exactly you know, I'm named. I'm I suck at names. My reading's got so much better, but I still suck at names. And when I do those marathon races, <laughs> when I get like the Asian names, I just, I just go first name, and and I hope. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Suzanne, Suzanne, not Susan. Her, her sister Susan. That's where I got confused. John is from Aiken, Alkin in Maryland, USA, and is truly talented age grouper athlete who has recently qualified for Kona in her first full Ironman at Ironman Texas. Suzanne was supposed to complete Ironman Florida last year, but fell during the trail trail run portion of a local sprint triathlon. She got up, dusted herself off, and I remember correctly, went on to finish on the podium. Only later did she begin to have trouble with breathing and pain. She was diagnosed with a collapsed lung and decided to pull out of Ironman Florida, deferring to Ironman Texas. 
Suzanne is a true mentor of the sport, encouraging myself and others all the time. She wears her emotions on her sleeve and is the kind of person everyone roots for. Additionally, she is a mother of an autistic child who is a handsome, charming, and autistic, which makes life a bit unpredictable at times. Like most mothers, Susan puts her son in her hole. Suzanne. Suzanne. Oh, sorry. Why do I do that? Suzanne puts her son and her whole family's needs ahead of her own and it's been interesting to watch her juggle life's twists and turns with her need to train to be competitive for the Ironman distance. Suzanne made us all proud of her podium finish in Texas and we're all happy to see her get her well-deserved Kona slot. I think she deserved the title of Age Group of the Week. Thank you for the consideration. Well, Peter, you are right. Suzanne and her sister Mm. Susan... Are an amazing yeah. bunch. Um, wow, that, maybe that's fantastic. Maybe they're twins, and they did a uh, did a bit of relay swapping. Identical twins, maybe. Oh, so you're now calling her a cheat? So I got the name wrong. <laughs> yeah. I didn't call her a cheat. I'm calling her a cheat. <laughs> no. Suzanne, fantastic effort uh, coming back from a bloody collapse line. Awesome, and you'll be over here in Kona, where I'm sitting, sort of right now. I think well, two weeks ago, you let go of the dream, John. I think one thing that. You know, I love these people. Like these people are the people who just embody everything that's great with triathlon. Personal growth is really important, but also got their priorities life around what's really important in life. Um, overfaces really challenging adversity and, and comes out on top, and also supports others, encourages others towards that growth and support. So it's you know, Suzanne, you're you're obviously a pretty great person. And I'm sure those around you just love the influence you have on their life. So you are definitely a deservant age group of the week. So age group of the week. Susan, oh, I was going to do it again. Susan Van Zale, you are uh, age, age group of the week. Age group of the week. Okay, Jonbo. Devin, um, I've got some Kona tips while, while I'm sitting here still in a Kona. Do you want to do sponsor first? Sponsor first? Sponsor first. Sponsor first. Athlinks.com. Yes. Let me just get it right in front of me right now. Now, Timo, Timotron. Timotron, nice. Did you remember that nickname, yeah, Tim from last, from last week? What you can do, again, when you hear these names read out, you can go and suss people out. But Timotron, you can go into his, uh, plug him into Athlinks, Tim McClurg, and then you can just go through and you can see people's progression. So Tim, as I said last week or the week before, won his age group at the um, Kona 70.3, and he comes from a surf life-saving background. So when we, he went to the same school as me, he was a year in front, but he was a very good surf life-saver, so a good swimmer, but then made the switch to, to triathlon. And I well remember the, when he came in for an appointment for me uh, with me a couple of years ago, it might have been 2011 or 2012, um, he came through the door and I thought, hmm, that doesn't look like the Tim that I knew in school. And it's fair to say he was packing on a few pounds. Um, oh, is it like then, a couple of years ago he was? Yeah, he was uh, – he, 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 he needed to get back to he sport. Enjoyed a bit of food. He needed yeah, to get he back did, to being he, an athlete. And he, bloody hell, man, he did. So uh, you can go through. If you want to see people's progression, you go onto Athlinks, check it out. So Tim came from you know, a background of good sports. So he's always going to be a good swimmer no matter what's going on. But you can see people's progression to where he's now got to winning his age group at a, at a 70.3 race against some pretty handy competition. You can see how people progress. You know, he's sort of stuck. He hasn't got gone and gone straight to doing the iron distance or anything like that. He's just sort of 
sticking with the short coursework, and you can see how people progress and what it sort of takes. You know, it's taken him, that was 2011, and now it's 2015, so it's taken him four years of good, consistent, hard work, and now he's, um, he's up at the front of the field. So use Athlinks for getting a bit of inspiration. If you see people in your sort of neck of the woods and you go, bloody hell, how did that person get to the top? Um, you can sort of see how many years' work it takes and go suss them out on Athlinks.com. Good times. Okay, athletes.com, guys, get on it. It's a great resource and you can stalk people. So John loves that. Mm. Okay, John, we're going to do a high five. What we're going to do is we're going to do a high, high five. five. One, two, three, four. High five. High five. Yes. Nice. And why we're we going to do that, John? Because you've just pulled out your butt right now and I'm going to try to contribute. I have. High five for okay. what? So for just for, for racing in Kona, because um, I gave our athletes, before, when we were getting ready for the, the camp, or getting ready for the 70.3, you know, I sort of did a little talk the evening before on some, some main tips for getting through the Kona conditions. And I think one, you know, and then lots of people came back to me after and said, bloody hell, that was, that was really good. They're real simple things. When you're in Kona, there's always aid stations are fantastic, whether it be the 70.3 or the Ironman. And I said to the athletes, Every time you go through an aid station, irrespective of if you're thirsty or not, or if you're hot or not, get a drink bottle and pour it over your head. Um, Hydration is one thing, but always trying to keep yourself cool. So that's number one, is every aid station in Kona, get a water bottle, pour it over your head. If you need water to filling up your other bottles, then go for that as well. But every aid station, from the get-go, get water on, keep your core condition down, temperature down. Great. Number two. You got it. Number two. Yeah. Do the same thing on the run. Oh, really? <laughs> that was tip number two. Do the same thing on the run. Before you get to, don't wait until you get too hot. Every aid station, whenever we race, it's always about trade-offs. So, you know, there's lots of different things you can do when you're racing that are going to make you faster, but at what expense are those things? So, on the run, you pull water over your head. The benefit is you're going to keep your core temperature down. The cost is you're probably going to get water on your shoes and you're going to get have uh, heavier feet, but it's certainly worth it. It's all about when you're racing over here, keeping your core temperature down, trying to stay nice and cool. So same thing on the run, water over your head, every single opportunity, and also ice in your cap if you're wearing a cap. And one other thing that I didn't really try but someone else said to me that uh, somebody else suggested to them was to put some ice in your hands and carry ice in your hands. So your, your hands are a really great way to keep your, the rest of your body cool, and that was something we heard on our Legends of Triathlon podcast a while ago from um, Chawborn Sinbali, he was saying, you know, he had the gloves with ice and stuff and it's ice in the hands. This is a really good idea, isn't it? Okay, uh, number three. I was waiting for you to start contributing, but oh, you, you, want, you can kick him. I was going to do something else. What's the high five? Uh, Kona tips, basically. Kona tips, Kona tips, Kona tips. Kona tips. Kona tip. I, I got one, I got one, I got one, I got one. Here's a good one. Don't wear tri gear. Yeah. One of the problems with well, no, 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 wear tri gear, but things like where we get burnt in stupid areas. Like when you look at post Kona race and you look at people's suntan burns, there's obviously we're going to put sunblock on our face and maybe on our arms and stuff. But often those little slits at the back, back of your, you know, of your back and stuff like that. That can you can you can really do some damage to your body and sunburn in Kona. And if you're going to race there, you're better off to wear like a a long a top that goes right down past the seam of your, you know, of your tri pants or your cycle shorts. Mm. So you're not going to get those really random kind of damaging sunburns. So if you can, because nowadays the fabrics, you know, like you wore a long sleeve top, didn't you? Yep. Yep. Definitely. You know, and, and it's not just about keeping your cool. Oh, it's also about protecting you your skin. You keep doing some tips, Bevan. 
Oh, oh really? Oh, it's Dave Dwan. Dave Dwan. Look at that, eh, in the background, uh, interrupting podcasts. Yeah, mate, we're professionals oh, here. No, it's not bloody peasant yeah. here, eh? Yeah, what do you want? What do you want, Dave? Do, do you want to do an interview with Dave to, to hear his any kind of tips that he might have? No, just tell him to give us one because I've got to go soon. So just tell him to okay, give us one. Got, oh, he's giving me yeah, a finger. Where's the love, mate? Where's the yeah. love? Yeah. Bevan's got to go soon. Hold on. You, you carry on for what? Uh, the next tip is. Um, number four. Okay. Number four tip four. for Kona. Number four. T- I'll, I'll see if I can get Dave. Dave, you think of some, some tips for the, for the race. Uh, for when you're racing in Kona. No, let's just go. Let's do it because I really have to go. So, what, 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 what's another tip? Uh, when you're coming out of Kawa- coming up the hill at Kauai High, which is uh, when you're building back up to the Queen K, make sure you've always got some water on board uh, because that is the hottest, probably the hottest part of the race. And again, need to have water on board. So, when you're coming down from Harvey, get a bottle and keep hold on to it. When, so you've got it when you come up to, to Kauai High, through Kauai okay. High and up the final climb. What else did I say? Um, when you're doing the Kona 70.3, uh, normally it is an out, well, the last couple of years have been an outgoing tide, so make sure you understand what that means when you're swimming parallel to the shore. It means you're going to get sucked out to sea a bit, so you need to be aiming to the right of the first buoy, and when you're coming across the back, the t- tide's going to be going out. So always, when you've got an outgoing tide on a beach race, make sure that you aim correctly and allow that tide to drift you into the buoy. I maybe you should do a whole segment on that at some stage. Maybe you should. Uh, what was the other things that I told people to do in the race, Dave? Um, water, we only need one time. more. One more. One more. Come on. One, one more. more. Sunblocks, but sponges, and sighting. We got got all those. Okay. There you go. There's three more. Sponges, uh, grab them at all stage. Don't drink. Uh, I would suggest not drinking water when you're getting sponges. Use them for cooling agents because that water does get a little bit manky. And Bevan's already mentioned the sunscreen. Ice. Ice as well. Dave's given ice. Ice under the cap. Sometimes you get a headache you said that from before. doing that. You said it before. Yeah. yeah. Good. There We're we go. On. That's five, isn't it? It was the weakest high five of all time. We have done them in a while. Maybe yeah. it shows us well, why. Well, it's off the cuff. You're well, okay. me. We've got some interviews, guys. We've got a guy called... Um, we actually got Joe Baxis, the stalker. She's coming on the show, Jombo. Joe Baxis yep. is coming on the show now. Joe Baxis, now let me pull up my little. I've been trying to. Uh, yep. So Nick, Nick, oh, how do you say Nick's last name, John? That's a question. Nick, um, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna do the Apple thing here. Let's have a look here. Let's listen to this. Sajerchi, Sajerchi. I'm pretty sure that's not right, but that's how Apple, <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's how Apple says it. Nick Sajerchi is a really nice guy. Actually, he's he's doing a podcast himself, and I did an interview with him on it. And uh, just a really like a really top guy. And uh, he's done a, a book along with Joe Baxis uh, called The Mecca Model, and it's just a little bit about what age groupers are doing to be successful and some cool age group stories. And uh, and what they're doing is all it's a it's a Kindle book, but every dollar that's kind of comes from the book goes to a charity. So they're not making any money from it; it's purely for charity. So I'll put a link to it on this week's show notes, and you can get that there. But anyway, here's Joe Baxter talking about the book called The Mecca Model. Righto, team. Well, we're very fortunate today to have the one and only Joe the Stalker. Uh, who I'm sure many of you guys know of because she's basically stalked you at some stage in your life. Joe, the stalker uh, is quite. And if a, I haven't, well, yeah, nobody. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> well, yeah. I'm very, very honest in her opinion of people. So, um, Joe, Joe recently has worked with a guy called Nick, and, we, and I, I asked her how to say his last name, and she's not too sharp on it herself. How do you say his last name? I think it's Sakachi. 
Yeah, she started spelling it out for me, and you guys know how well I can read names. So <laughs> I said, I'm passing this back to you. So, so Joe and you have read, uh, written a book, or you and Nick have written a book. Um, maybe tell me a little bit about the name of the book and tell me about the motivation for writing the book. Okay, the book's called The Macca Model. And the motivation actually was all from Nick. He was, a, he was just so enthused and inspired by the, the team of Macca X and the, the way Macca kind of interacts with the team and brings his triathlon experience and success formula to other areas of his life. He thought, oh, you know, I need to write a book. A friend of his said, you know, you've written a couple of books. Maybe you should, you should write one about Macca and, you know, all the things that, the things that have changed in your life since you, he's come into your life. So that's where it came from. Uh, and so how did you get involved then? Well, he approached me, which was a surprise. I didn't expect it at all. I thought he just wanted, oh, bless you. I thought he just wanted some help, you know, getting some information because he wanted to just weave through a few of the stories of the team members. And I was like, okay, I can give you that. And he goes, no, no, you're going to co-author it. I was like, oh, oh, okay. I'm a writer. Didn't expect that. (laughs) So I've actually, because I'm the editor-in-chief of our kind of online magazine, which is called um, news.macax.com. Um, I actually publish every week or so, maybe every 10 days, just a story about one of the team members. It's called Up Close and Personal. And so we decided just to weave some of those stories through the book, just the way that Macca's inspired those people and how those people have gone on to inspire others. So, so the book has an aspect of sharing inspirational stories. What other kind of, what other kind of aspects are there to the book? Um, the rest of the book really is in Nick's voice and it's about how he perceives Macca and what Macca has done for him and the way the way that Macca surrounds himself with people that can help him, experts in the area. If he's not an expert on it, he'll find one and he'll use that person and he then passes that information on. It's all about the way he helps other people as well, how he's trying to help the sport, how he's trying to help other pros, how he's trying to help age groupers, everybody. He's always doing that and I think that's probably pays him back so, in so, life so um, as, as, a, as an athlete is it uh, what kind of insights are you gaining from that then because I imagine because Mick is such a successful athlete you know what kind of insights are you gaining I think the main one I mean I just had a, a reread of the book myself last night and um, one of the things that really stood out to me was the phrase swim bike run think yeah it's almost like he's added a fourth discipline. Like you've got to think about how to make those things better. Everyone can get trained in swimming, biking and running and you can go anywhere and get that information. He's not unique in what he's offering in that respect, but probably more the, as- the mental aspects of it. Yeah. Yeah. So he, and also thinking outside the box, you know, he, he looks at other sports to gain insight into how he works. He looks at boxing. Boxing is one of his big ones. He looks at, you know, how they mentally prepare for, for matches and stuff. So it's all about that kind of thing. Mac is not an expert on nutrition, so he'll bring in a nutritionist who is. Like he brought in Rich Roll. He's now brought in Mickey from New Zealand, who you may know. Um, So he brings in people that are experts in the field and he surrounds himself with people that can make him successful. So he's about building amazing teams and and trying to get the highest quality of people around him as he builds teams around him. Absolutely. He really is. And he's kind of taught us that as he goes along. And he's so, so willing to share that information with anybody. Like if you ask him, he'll tell you there's no secrets. He doesn't have a secret formula. He'll tell you. So, and that we found that very inspiring. And Nick 
when he started doing triathlon and came across Mecca and he's been to a training camp and everything else, he realized that other aspects of his life were improving at the same time. So the mental edge it was giving him has, has enabled him to kind of give up his day job and start writing for a living, become a bit of a an entrepreneur with doing other internet things. And he said, he puts it all down to Macca. He said, being in the group has really helped him because you're surrounded by like-minded people. There's 700 people all thinking the same way as you do. Yeah. You know, you, you are a person who's really kind of immersed yourself in that Macca X world. What's so appealing to to you about that? You know, because you really are, you're kind of the antipathist of, of <laughs> the, the commitment to that, you know. So what, what, why is it so appealing to you? Yeah, I think um, for me, I just, I joined the group because at the time I was doing triathlon and Macca was the only pro triathlete I'd ever heard of. I'd never heard of anyone else. I was like completely green. I had no idea. And I'd actually met him and found him very approachable and likable. And I thought, oh, okay, this is good. I'll join this group. And no one else had a, an online training group at the time, I don't think. Yep. It was pretty new. He was, he's a bit of a pioneer in the area. I mean, now there's hundreds of them. Um, so that's why I joined. And as soon as I joined, I suddenly found myself surrounded at the time with about 300 people who all had the same questions as I did and were all willing to help me and and since then, I've, as you know, um, you know me pretty well that triathlon isn't a part of my life. I don't do triathlon anymore. I mean, I keep fit and everything, but that's not what I do. But You're an animal. <laughs> animal and other things. Um, so for me, even though I'm not learning about um, being a triathlete, I still find the global community of Maca X a really inspirational part of my life. It's like having at least 50 new friends. I wouldn't mm. say, you know, I'm friends with 500 extra people. Yeah. But um, there are 50 to 100 people that I interact with every single day. Mm, mm. Yeah, So, and I'm meeting a lot of them too, which is, you know, it's awesome. Yeah, well, I imagine, you know, like for a lot of triathletes, say it can be quite a solo mission, you know, it can be this very kind of lonely experience. And, you know, and, yeah. and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just because that's the way they have to do it. But if, but if they don't have training groups and stuff like that, for people like that, a, a group like Macarex would be real kind of awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah, it is. And I think that because of its global nature, I mean, in Australia and probably New Zealand, we have a lot of tri clubs. You know, everyone's, everyone's in a tri club. But I think when you get to the United States to find something as good as this is really important because it's bringing you together with other areas of the world. Whereas I think in Australia, we're, we're probably pretty exposed to triathlon constantly. We can always find it, but yeah. it's not so easy over there. And I think the same in Europe, it's not as easy. And now we've got a lot of Asian members as well. It's probably really good for them to have this global community that they can reach out to. Yeah, for sure. Um, and writing a book, was it a struggle? Was it, you know, like it's the first time being a part of a book? Was it hard work for you or was it very much just the kind of a flow of what you normally do? Not really. I must say Nick put in all the hard yards. Okay. I was just like, oh, here you go. Do you want this article? This is really good. So really he just wanted me to find a few people to include in the story. And I, I think I found about 10 stories that I'd written for the news, the online magazine. So we just included those because those people are really inspirational. They've... You know, we've got three really massive weight loss stories. You know, we've got one guy in the States, Tim, who's gone from over 200 kilos and now he's an Ironman and wow. just amazing stories. And Mike Robinson, who I think you've met actually, yep. who was also overweight. Another guy, Tim, who was overweight. So they've gone from being, Mike and the other Tim have gone from being very overweight to winning races, you know. They're, they're good. They're so, at the top of their game. So who would you say the book's for then? 
The book itself, when when it was written, we approached Kurt Taylor, who heads up the Macanao Foundation. And the Macanao Foundation was established by Maca when his mum died to raise money for families that are suffering with cancer. Because he said one of the, the things he found when his mum died was, you know, his dad had to give up work to take care of her yeah. and all of that kind of thing. It has a huge financial impact on a family. Mm. So it's really to help out the families when someone in the family is going through cancer and Kurt Taylor is now heading up the foundation and his wife is a breast cancer survivor and you know, Chris actually really helped him out at the time. So that was, it's really good, like the giving nature of Macca in this respect. So all the proceeds of the book, every single cent goes to the Macca Now Foundation. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. And I think from what Nick was saying yesterday, he'd like to raise a lot of money. Yeah, of course. <laughs> the more the yeah. better. And, a lot of and, uh, and so I suppose the big question is how do you get hold of the book? Get hold of the book on Amazon. Okay. It's available in uh, ebook and in paperback now, so you can actually get a paper copy. And if I stalk you, I'll sign it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so if you go to Amazon.com, uh, and the yeah. book is called The Mecca Model. It's written by yeah. Nick. <laughs> Nick Sukerchi. I'm going to give him a new pronunciation. And, and Joe, this talker back, so you didn't get the stalker written on the cover I saw. I know. What's all that about? Hey, what's all that about? <laughs> Slacking, yes. Absolutely. So if you are, it seems like it's a bit of an inspirational book. It's one of those books that kind of gives you a bit of insight into Mecca's kind of way of approaching success and also yeah. a little bit of kind of just giving you some inspiration. So if you are finding you're lacking a bit of inspiration, you'd like a little bit of insight, go to amazongood.com. I'll put a link to it on this week's show notes, uh, The Mecca Model. Um, thanks, Joe, for coming on the show today. Thanks, Bevan. Do you, do you have any goss before I leave? Do I have any goss? Not really. Oh. I'm actually chatting, chatting to Belinda and Justin tomorrow, so... Hopefully we'll have a bit of goss there. Belinda's, always, Belinda's always good for some gossip, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, we won't get a word in. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Joe, well, thanks for coming on the show. That's all right. Speak to you soon. Okay, John, but we're, uh, what, what we're, in, we're, in, we're in the gaps here, and we are, we are getting a little bit low on content because, well, some of our interviews fell through that we were trying to get in. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to chuck in one of my episodes of Fitness Behaviour, one of my recent ones, and it's actually, I don't know, I think it actually sits quite well with this audience. So check, check, check it out. Let's go. A couple of weeks ago on episode 53 of this behavior, I had Wendy Sweet on the show. Wendy Sweet, if you haven't listened to the interview, go back and listen to it because I'm sure for those who have listened, um, Wendy was a great interviewer and, and I loved I love the interview of Wendy, and why do I love the interview of her? Because she was, she's just lived and breathed exercise and helping people exercise her whole life, and she just has this insight, you know, like, I, I always thought when I was listening to her, is my job is to get out the way and just let her go on, and uh, not go on is in a bad way, but just let her kind of share the insight and knowledge that she had and there was so much great insight and I got great feedback from some, some of you guys that, like even just on the website from and a message from Kate got just listened to the podcast really enjoyed listening to Wendy's passion for fitness and the community as I do enjoy listening to you as a mum of three young boys three five and nine months well five three and nine months old well that's three under five that's pretty crazy it's really cemented for me the need to make sure the boys get exercise and sports in their life now to continue those habits in their later lives thank you for the good work you do i listen to your podcast when i'm doing the boring housework makes it much less boring well hopefully kate i'm making your life much less boring right now as you're doing the vacuuming but um 
But I just, I just loved Wendy's interview. I just, I'm so glad I got on the show, and, and I, I can see myself getting her on again in the future to kind of go into other areas because I get the feeling Wendy and I could talk for five hours about this stuff, and there'd still be more insight to gain. One of the things that really shone through to me from the interview was the importance of accountability when it comes to helping people be successful in achieving growth in their life. And if you think back to, to you know, Wendy talking about her study, and she was talking about uh, some of the key factors that made those personal trainers who had a successful financial and influential career on uh, their clients, it's, you know, it seems that, what you know, A, they have a philosophy, but, but one of the key factors is the fact that they keep you accountable. And, and, and actually, as I think about this in myself right now, I think I'll share um, an area of my life where I feel a little bit weak right now. So I've been an, an endurance athlete for a very long time in my life. And I'm, uh, you know, when it comes to cardiovascular fitness, I really kick some butt. And in the last period of time, I've tend to get injured a lot. So in the last kind of three or four years, whenever I try to explore looking at some endurance goal, I just kind of get injured. And there's a few reasons for that. A, I tend to go out too intense too quickly. I don't necessarily build a safe foundation as I move towards a goal. Um, and But B is I, I've allowed my body to lose a bit of strength. And so my strength foundation isn't as strong as I move into these endurance goals. So at the beginning of this year, I, I set a, a new target was to Explore doing a, a racing goal in the second half of the year and then to use the first half of the year is to build a strong foundation for my body. And as a part of that was to get back into the weights room. And I, I may have talked about it in the show already, but so so pretty much from January through till now, which we're now in kind of just before June, I've been doing weights pretty consistently for three times a week, the whole body kind of workout, getting in and doing it. Now, one thing I'm I'm discovering in the weights room is I'm not that mentally strong. And one thing you need to know about me is I my, my fitness journey started in the weights room. So I, I used to smash myself in the weights room when I was a young man before I got into endurance sport. So back in the day, I would really feel that I could match it with, you know, 90% of the population when it came to killing yourself in the weights room. Whereas now, while I'm being consistent in my my results or, or my training I'm not I'm not really pushing as hard as I probably should or could and one of the things that I don't have which I had a lot when I was younger was accountability when I was younger I used to use this trainer called Warren Thin Warren Thin was a, a PT at the gym at the time and uh, he was a previous New Zealand bodybuilding championship and Warren was just renowned as being a hard ass, and he absolutely just destroyed people. And I really think about my own character development, and as a person, that Warren, uh, through putting me in adversity, you know, taught me a lot about myself in exercise. And one of the things that, like Warren, he was a bit old school, and uh, when it came to technique, he was definitely not the master of looking after technique of movement. Um, but when it came to pushing people hard, Warren made you accountable. He never let you off the hook. He never, he never gave you a hug and said it's okay if you failed. He he would he would use disappointment, and he made me accountable to keep pushing to these next levels. And when I get to those next levels, he he would make me more accountable. He would just keep smashing me. And 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 I got to be honest, 
I hated and loved it. Like, you know, you, you, the day you'd be going for a session with Warren, it would be an absolute smash fest and you'd be, you'd wake up stressed. Like I would wake up, that was the only thing in my mind was how I'm going to deal with my session with Warren today. So I, at the time when I would consider myself really hardcore, I had this real role model and this beacon of, of accountability beside me. The other thing I also had was a training partner by the name of Jay, and Jay and I, uh, Jay was just a guy who I met at the gym one day, and he seemed to always train at the same time as, time as me, and so I um, asked him one day if we wanted, if he could be my training partner, and uh, and we were just a really good fit. We, we would do weights five or six times a week, we were both consistent, and we both had this kind of underwriting expectation of that we have to kill each other when we're training. So I had these really good accountability tools, I had a good training partner in Jay, and then I had Warren, who Jay and I would go see once a week, who would show Jay and I our next levels. Well, when I look at my own exercise right now, and I'm a guy who's, you know, I'm pretty tough when it comes, like if you could put me in cardio conditioning, I can beat myself up next to the best of them. And, and, and admittedly, even in strength environments, if it's competitive, I can push myself. But I'm discovering right now, with them just me doing weights by myself, I'm lacking that edge. There's a few things that come with that. Well, first of all, am I getting the results I desire? Now, I have to admit, I have got stronger. My body's much better than what it was this time four or five months ago. But I probably could be progressing a lot faster if I could train to a higher intensity and push myself more mentally. The other thing is, am I enjoying weights as much as I could? For the more experienced athlete, the intensity and, and the challenge is what gives us our most satisfaction. And I have to admit, as I walk away from the weights room right now, the feeling I'm getting is I've ticked that box. Not, oh my God, I feel on top of the world because I've blitzed myself. So one thing I'm discovering in this area of weights training, and I'm trying to get better at it, but ultimately what I am lacking is accountability. That for me to be able to get better in my weight training, I need to really implement accountability. And it's something I'm really looking at addressing right now. I'm looking at uh, once I get back from Bali, from our holiday, is to, to try to find a training partner who I can do at least one session a week with and maybe even working with a PT at the gym. Now, now I've got the knowledge. It's not that I need someone to write my programs. I need the accountability. And I'm a fitness professional who spent 15, 16 years of my life pushing myself. But in my weights environment right now, I need the accountability. And when we think about accountability, there's a few things we need to think about. So, so I'm in a situation, and I imagine lots of you of you are listening to this right now, like if you think of, of yourself and you think about areas of your life where you're trying to be great, do you have accountability? And would adding accountability to your life make your life, make you more successful, give you more satisfaction, make you grow more? I'm pretty sure the answer is yes. So if we, if we can really understand that for me to have accountability or, or for me in the areas of my life where I want to develop myself and grow myself, well, then accountability is a, is a really important aspect of it. And if I'm avoiding accountability, maybe I'm trying to keep safe. And in keeping safe, maybe there's a cost of me, you know, not really growing in the ways I like. It's really interesting stuff to think about, isn't it? So if we can acknowledge that, like I suppose just lastly, if you look at the areas of your life when you've grown the most, was there a level of accountability around it? 
So if we can acknowledge that accountability is a really important tool for us to grow as people, then we need to think of a few factors. And it was really funny, I was doing the, the same talk I was talking about in the introduction today um, when I was talking at the council and um, there was a couple, there was, there was a girl who, I was just, I was hitting notes, man, because she, she started crying um, in the back. You know, it wasn't obvious kind of cry, but I could see that she was wiping tears away. And I, obviously I had a note in something I was talking about. And to be honest, the talk that I was doing wasn't necessarily one of my more emotional talks, but, you know, something I said had a note with her and made herself reflect and, and made her grow. And you could tell that this person, uh, she, she wanted to lose some weight. She was a little bit overweight. And you could tell that her weight was a real big issue for her. And... um and I, I, I wasn't necessarily talking about the subject I'm talking about here. I think I was just talking about maybe support or I can't, I can't even remember what I was talking about. But I kind of at the end of the talk, I said, do I have anyone have any questions? And she kind of said, um, how do you get people around you to help you achieve your goal? And I, I think this is a really important important thing to consider is, you know, like no goal is achieved by one person. And if we can acknowledge that accountability is a really important part, well, we actually consciously want to inject that in our in our goal setting. Um, but I think there's one thing that's really, really important is choosing the right people to help you achieve your goal. Choosing the right people to make you accountable. And there's a few examples that I want to give. So there's a couple of examples, and there's probably two levels to this, is um, choosing the right people I'm even writing this down as I'm talking right now. And then the second aspect of it is to teach them how to work with you. And I'm going to start with the teaching them how to work with you first. I, I did another talk a while ago. Um, I, I am doing a lot of speaking right now. It's quite funny because um, I, I always joke that I've, I've made a life out of talking. And my whole life as a kid, I was told to shut up. So, so was, my, my joke is they should have told me to talk more. Um I did a talk a while ago, and at the end of the talk, um, it was one of those ones where someone, whatever I said, hit a note with somebody, and then they wanted to they wanted to use what I had offered with their partner. So this guy came up to me after the talk and said, "Look, I, you know, I really appreciate you talking through it. It was really cool. Um, there's some really great stuff there, and I think my partner could really get some value from the tools that you introduced." Um, and he basically went on to say that his partner had gone through a tough time and put on a lot of weight in her life and you it was really upsetting her unfortunately he didn't have the tools to be able to support her in a way where she felt supported if anything whenever he tried to offer support she took that as you don't think I'm good enough I'm a failure so he wanted to support her and he was trying to support her but his way of trying to support her actually pushed her away from him and made her feel worse about herself and you could tell like this guy really cared about his wife and it wasn't he because it wasn't because he thought you know that she was overweight and she was disgusting or anything he, he could tell he was really genuinely concerned about his wife and he just wanted to support her unfortunately the way he supported her pushed her further away and pushed her closer to the behaviors that kept her in a bad place so one of the things that we need to think about when we think about those people who are in our lives to help us achieve a goal is one of our roles within that is to teach them how to support us. 
And, and it's almost like the, the conversation needs to start with that, you know, is that, hey, I, I, you know, let's say you want to lose some weight and you want to go to your, your husband or your wife and you, you say to them, look, I, you know, I'm sick of being overweight and I want to lose some weight and I need your support. And to be honest, I'm not sure if you're going to be great at, at supporting me at first, but what I want us to do is I want us to have an attitude of two things. A, I want you to support me. So I want you to have a commitment to supporting me. But B, for you and I through great communication to, to, to evolve and learn how supporting me works best. So that when there are those moments where maybe your partner does something that doesn't necessarily make you feel good and actually pushes you away from what you need, that you feel open to be able to communicate and say, actually, babe, that way didn't work. You know, I appreciate that you, you showed the commitment right then, but actually the, the, that method of trying to support me doesn't work. Maybe next time you could do this and then you could offer a solution on a better way of doing it next time. And, and ultimately what you're trying to do as you think about teaching the people who support you is, you know, if, if you've got this open dialogue, so it's not that they're doing, it's not that they're bad, it's not that they're a bad person, it's just that we're, we're just trying to figure out how we can support each other better. And that's a really important thing to be evolving. And if I think back to this guy who, and his wife, he just made her feel like a failure, so she just rejected his support. And what was happening was, well, based on the, a 10-minute conversation I had with him, it seems that that was just creating a bigger disconnection between them. Whereas if they were to have an attitude of, we understand that we are here to support each other, we understand that we may not be great at it, but we also understand we, we want to have a commitment for that support and that we're going to evolve and grow how we support in this situation, then A, it's going to get better, and B, we'll be, you know, we'll, that, that, that evolution will happen. So you will feel supported. So I suppose my first point around that is once you get the right people around you, it's not just choosing the right people, which I'm going to talk about in a second, it's actually also understanding that it's an evolution of how we support each other or how they support me. And it's also something that you want to think about in your life. If you are the support for people in your lives, like it's funny with my clients, um, you know, I, I do the mentoring work and I love doing my mentoring work and, um, and, and different clients need different support. Like some people need, um, some people don't need me at all. They just want to catch up occasionally and they just want to, you know, have the catch up and then I won't hear from them at all. And then some clients need a lot of support, um, but they need it in different ways. So some clients will need me to, you know, to kind of come back with solutions to problems or, or offer my thoughts on. Some clients just need to tell me stuff and I just need to say, oh, that's cool. Some people need me to be, you know, sharpen up. And as, as a mentor, part of my role is to, as, as that person who keeps people accountable, part of my role is to, to understand how I need to work with the different people in my life or the different people I'm working with. And maybe even within different situations for the different people. So as you think of your past self, so, you know, to this point, it's how do the people around me support me and how can we evolve that? But also for those of your people in your life who you support, how, how are you supporting them? Could you get better at supporting them? And how can you communicate with them and create better understanding so that both of you are on the same page? It's really interesting stuff to think about. So, so the first point, I suppose, is um, 
the, the evolution process. The, the second point, which it probably should have been the first point, but in, but it's probably the more important point, is how do I surround myself with the right people that will make me accountable? So the classic example of this where it goes wrong is let's say you you decide you're sick of being unfit and you decide you're going to sign up and do, you know, in four months from now you're going to try to do a 10K race. And so you, so you download, I don't know, some 5K app and a 10K app and you think you're going to do the program and, and you realise you want some accountability. So you ring your, your mate who you know is also a little bit unfit and uh, you say to your mate, you know what, let's, let's sign up for this 10k fun run, it looks like heaps of fun, it'll get us out, or keep us fit, and we can have this really fun experience together. And uh, your, your friends have a similar fitness ability to you, so you kind of, you know, you, 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 know, you know that the, there's not going to be too much pressure on you to kind of go fast, so you know, it seems like a pretty good fit. And first couple of sessions, you get out there, it goes really well, you're out there, you're, I know you're following the program, you're actually enjoying being outside, you know, in your mind you're feeling successful, you start to feel to yourself that, hey man, I can get out, I'm going to do this. And you're high-fiving your friend, you catch up for coffee, so it's, it's a really positive experience. Maybe the second week into it, you wake up one morning, you're meant to go for your run, walk, run, at maybe, I don't know, 6.30 in the morning, and you wake up and it's pouring with rain. And you get a text from your friend, you know, five minutes before you're meant to leave, saying, do you know what? The bed seems pretty comfortable this morning. Maybe we should, you know, call it a day today and uh, write this one off. Now, in that situation there, the person that you've chosen to make you accountable to your goal is the wrong person. Because the person who's there to make you accountable in the moment when you need to be held accountable, withdraw, and they actually make it easier for you to make the wrong choice. Whereas if you were to have chosen a person who's really great at accountability, they would probably text you and say, I know it's raining, but we've got to do this. Or you just know that they're going to be there. And and the guilt of you know the, the accountability they're going to bring to the exercise, it means while going out in the rain may not seem like the most appealing thing in your life right now, you're going to get out and do it. And that's what we need to think about when we think about choosing the people that are accountable. Like, if I'm in an area of my life where I need amazing support, I need to make sure I surround myself with the people who have the ability to be able to provide that accountability at that time. There's probably three areas here. They need the ability. So they need to have the character of the person who who will pull you up when you need to be pulled up. They need to have the commitment. They need to, you know, when you do give that text, they need to say, or, or when they do wake up on that wet day, they have to have that commitment to not letting you off the hook. And then also, do they have the knowledge? Do they have the knowledge to be able to provide you with the tools and uh, the information and the education that you need to be able to create the growth that you desire. It's funny, as I think back to myself in, um, in my world, I remember years ago with one of my runners, I had this this lady who was, was quite a good runner. and um, But she was someone who always had an excuse. There was always a reason why she couldn't go well. Uh, and it's not to say she didn't go well. She was actually a really good runner, and she had some pretty good. She achieved some pretty good goals. But um, but every time you would come up to her, 
the first thing she would be doing was be telling you an excuse. And it was kind of known within our coaching team that this person always had excuses. And um, and one day I, I, we cycle, we bike road bikes beside our runners so we can kind of get around more people. So I was kind of riding my bike and I rode up to her and um, and I, I think I was trying to challenge her. Like they were meant to be doing some K work, I'm not quite sure. And so she was meant to be running at a certain pace and maybe she wasn't or maybe she was struggling or something. And, and I kind of I kind of went up to her and and I, was, and I pretty much said, "How'd you going?" And she just started to provide me with excuses. And I made a choice, which was a really hard choice to make. I told her that every time she speaks to me, all I hear is excuses, and not in a fun, light-hearted way. You know, it was it was. You have this barrier of, I always have an excuse of why I can try to find my next level. And and I, and, I, and I said it in a really kind of upfront, clear, you know, not, not, not mean, but, it, you know, I'm sure inside it was a really hard thing for her to hear. Like I'm sure she was probably, you know, went self-aware, went, you know, it was a horrible place. Um, but it's what she needed to hear. Like it really was. She was she was allowing excuses to, to limit herself. And every moment, the first thing she would always provide was an excuse. And uh, so I, I did the hard, horrible thing. And uh, and I have to admit, after I did it, I felt, you know, I want people to like me. I'm, I'm One of my downfalls in life is I'm a pleaser. And so sometimes pleasers avoid confrontation avoid the hard moments because you want people to like them, you first and so you won't necessarily do the thing that's good for them uh, or, or or what you need because you're trying to please and I have to admit that's definitely a weakness I have within myself and uh but I just felt she needed to hear that and um it was fascinating again it was horrible for her to go through that experience but within a within a very short period of time you saw this massive growth happen in this person and you saw how she shifted from being a person who always looked for excuses to being a one a person who who tried to explore ways through those excuses, and, and to not use those excuses as a way to restrict herself, but to use them as a way to develop herself and, and to look about well, where do I need to develop myself? And there was this massive shift. And then about five or six months later, her and I were having a talk, and she just sat sat me down. And she said, "That moment, it was, like it was horrible. I hated it, but actually, it was a really key moment in my life." And it really made me realize that I need to, to shift. And the only reason she was able to do that was because somebody pulled her up and kept her accountable. And that's when you need the person around you who has the courage within themselves, has the knowledge, the understanding, the commitment to, to pull you up. Now, we, we know, in that, like right now, we're with weights right now, I know I should work harder. But sometimes we can allow ourselves off the hook. Whereas if I was standing next to Warren Thin, my old personal trainer, in the weights room, you know, this morning when I was doing weights, he's not letting me off the hook. And if I try to pull off some, you know, crap excuse, he's not pulling me off the hook. So the second thing we need to do is we need to choose the right person. And I think there's just one other thing to think, consider around this here is the person needs to be the kind of person who cares to help you grow. So it's not that they're a bully. It's not that they're being mean. It's that fundamentally that they probably are a positive thing in your life. 
But just when they know you're pulling, you're, you're slacking off, or when they know you need to be stretched further, they're going to be there for you and they're going to make you accountable and then support and, and give you the tools to move forward. And ultimately, that's what we want to think about. If I can provide, or if, if I can have more accountability in my life in the areas I want to grow in my life, it's almost like I'm putting a fast forward pattern on my progress. Like if I look at the, the example of me doing weights, again, I've got some strength this year, I can't deny it. I've, there's been some value to me doing weights. If I had someone beside me keeping me accountable, I would probably be 15, 20% further ahead, maybe even more, probably even more. So by not doing that, I've almost pushed a, a slow play button on my life in this area that I want to grow. Whereas if I had put that person beside me, I'm putting a fast forward button beside me. I'm fast forwarding the growth that I want to have. So as you look at your life and you think about your life, are you avoiding accountability? Are you avoiding accountability because ultimately it means you know you have to confront the hard stuff you should be working on? When you think about the times in your life when you have progressed the most, have you had accountability around you in ways that have, have really challenged you but have actually ultimately led to you growing and, and experiencing higher levels of self? If you feel that's the case and you don't have accountability in your life right now, maybe it's time to put it back in. And as you think about putting accountability back in, the first thing you need to think about is who are the right people? And maybe not even people, just the environments as well. Like I think about my running group. We try to create an environment where socially there's an accountability to turn up. Um, but who are the right people or worlds that will make me accountable? And then once I determine who those people are, how do we continually together work out how they can be better at, at supporting me towards my growth? If I do that there's a much higher chance I'm going to achieve much more in my life. Like ultimately, it's, it's just, at least I speak about this, like it's really interesting as this topic's been in my head over the last few weeks, I'm realising it's, it's one area I need to get it back in and obviously I've talked about weights but there are some other areas in my life as well where I'm, like I'm really disciplined, no, don't get me wrong, I achieve, I achieve a lot of my time. But is there more? Yeah, definitely. So, what are you doing with accountability? Can you do better? Can you evolve it? And what are the possibilities if you do that? Do you think that if you did that, you would be that better version of yourself? Okay, John, we are back. There's a serious Bevan. I, I sometimes get serious, John. There's two sides to me. I'm an absolute idiot most of the time, and then 10% of my time, I pull out the serious side. Um, what you got? Whoa, what's next? Sponsor. Extreme Endurance. Now, one guy. of the products, again, I just keep coming back to Kona, basically because I'm still sitting here, and it was three weeks ago. Yeah. But uh, one product that we were using during the week was uh, Hydro X. So if you haven't seen what that is all about, but Extreme Hydro X breaks new ground in the area of energy, cramping, protection, and recovery. Uh, it contains the world's most premium blend of electrolytes along with lactate, the body's natural fuel source. Painted hydration technology, Sustamine, is added to enhance electrolyte and water absorption in the intestine, stimulate glycogen synthesis and promote 
the synthesis of, of muscle protein to help repair and recover the recovery of muscles. So it's got 150 milligrams of lactate, great blend of electrolytes, uh, and then it just what this basic product is is really an energy cramping protection and recovery all banged into one. So it's not something that you chuck in your drink bottles and have throughout the rides. It's not a you know not like a sports nutrition product. It's really there to give you a really good blend of electrolytes to try to reduce that risk of cramping. So check it out, xendurance.com. Someone who's been had problems with cramping or if you're in a very uh, a climate where you're going to be sweating huge amounts and you're constantly in that battle of trying to replace your electrolytes, then check it out, HydroX on xendurance.com. Okay, good times. Okay, next up, Jumbo. That's pretty much it. Have we got any questions and answers for this week's show? No. no, that's pretty much it. Okay, let's do the patrons. Patrons, righty-ho. We've got Evan Collier. Because his nickname is going to be Despicable Me. Oh, why is that? Because his picture that he sent through, he seems to be very, very happy and just really smiley. And, and I thought of that guy who sings a song. Yeah, I Pharrell. feel happy. Yeah, yeah. Clap and that, that, if you feel like happiness is the truth. And that was off the kids' movie Despicable Me, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Evan Collier, you are Despicable Me. Very good. Very good. Okay. Uh, Robert the Mighty Flynn. Love that one. I love it. <laughs> Bruce Tomahawk Tomlinson. Yes. Peter Thor Faust. And finally, Matthew. I have Matthew Van Nuss. And I've called him Kenny. And why? Because my, Matthew sent in his picture, the good patron that he is, and he's standing there and he's at like the horse track. Um, oh. Watching some horse races, yeah. so like I'm that. thinking, I'm thinking he's a bit of a gambler. And it's Kenny, and then I'm oh. Kenny Rogers. Oh. So if you know Matthew, just start calling him Kenny. That's gold. And everybody will wait. Yeah, so Kenny. You got to know when to hold him. Know when to hold him. Okay, guys, if you want to be a patron of the show? Check, check, check it out. Go to our patrons page, www.iamtalk.me, and all that information is there for you, Jumbo. We're wrapping things up. It's, and we're back in the studios next week, which is a good thing because we've been podcasting for about four <laughs> hours right now. And it's, Not it's, our best work. It's getting a little bit tired. So we're back next week. We'll be sharp and fit, team. Jumbo, what's your boss? Three weeks from now? Three weeks from now, I'm hopefully running a marathon. Tell you one so thing. I'm, I'm confident. I'll Are be you back go? on track by the time you get home. Jumbo, I have to say, one thing that is quite cool um, is we're getting Barry Stiff on the show next week. Yeah, I'm, I've lined that interview up, so I'll be doing that while you're away. And I've actually got one question I've got to write down to ask him is really, uh, somebody said to me, it was Eddie, your mate Eddie. Eddie, yeah. remember, if Evan hasn't put any music on, make sure you remind No, no, him. when I get back uh, in the studio, as I said. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was sort of asking me about uh, my opinion of the Ironman coaching academy or whatever they're calling it and I think we briefly discussed it and we kind of were the opinion yeah it's probably pretty reasonable but I'm wondering what impact that will have on say um, USAT which is um, the American Triathlon Association they also have a certification program which is you know level one level two level three coaching and all Ironman races that are run in America as far as I understand have to be USAT approved so they're kind of WTC uh, sort of pissing on them a little bit. So I'll be interested to hear, um, Barry, if he's got any opinions or if he can discuss that or not. I'm really interested to see what the Barry, product's like. Barry is now the, I think the president, yeah. or, president of USAT. So we'll get some, um, the inside goss on what's going on there. 
Like, I'm not going to spend the money because I don't want to spend that kind of money just to figure something out. But it would be really fascinating. Maybe they could send us through a review so we could actually look through what they've got on there. Because I've had a look at the site, and it does look pretty professional. And the people they've got behind it are the right people. And, Mm. you know, and I know there's a lot of criticism out there about it. But I think a lot of criticism is just because everyone hates WTC. Um, Mm. We haven't seen the product yet. And we look at a lot of beginner coach kind of courses they're normally one day courses so you know mm. you know and if anything this this might be even to a higher standard because you can take your time to actually learn the learning in it so mm. maybe we should get in contact with w- what are you doing oh, I'm just about to um, I'm just opening a, a bar I haven't eaten anything all morning I ate so much bloody food in Hawaii I'm not in Hawaii anymore man I <laughs> pegged out we, we went to Tommy Bahamas last night for our sort of final dinner and I just, when there's leftover food and people aren't eating, I just cannot resist. These desserts were incredible. And I just went to town and it's now 12.36 and I haven't eaten anything all morning because I was so full from last you night. You can wait two minutes, two minutes. And, yeah, and I'm telling yeah. you, I'm sightful <laughs> information here. Yeah, you bloody snick, what is it, a power bar or something? Something like that. It's called an EAS, what is it called? Chocolate peanut butter uh, with so other natural flavour. Of course, it's all natural. Um... um Got to say though, apparently I am looking rotund. It was wow. when Belinda used. She, she saw that photo that you were commenting on about my big hairy chest being out there. Yeah. She said posture's all crap, and I. She said, "I look. You look rotund." So where's the love? What so you do is you focus on the positive, John. You know, yeah. accentuate the negative. There's a song in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, so yeah, maybe 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 we should see if we can get a review unit of this product. Anybody who's done it, uh, is it, is it can you actually it? do it now? No, it's coming out soon, but once no, you've but done I'm sure it... I'm WTC will let us review it. Okay. Because, I, look, I think... I'm worried that's what's happening in our world is it's just, let's just hate on anything WTC does. Now, mm. I think, like, in John and I's role is to go, okay, what's good, what's not good? And admittedly, you kind of... The problem is that the majority of their product's actually really good, and so you kind of mm. end up focusing on what's bad. Um, I just don't know if, if this is... To say it's bad before we've even seen it does any value to anybody, mm. and yep. you know, and it's, it does seem like a high price point. Um, but you know, but if we could have a look at the product, then we could really assess and see what we think is good about it and what's not. So maybe we'll get. In, I'm sure WC will let us do a review of it. So we'll see what we can do on that front. Mm. Um, Jombo sponsors, Athlinks.com, social networking for endurance athletes, and extreme endurance galactic buffer. Okay, guys, we're back and in the course, studios. All our f- of course, all our fantastic patrons as well. So thanks for your support. And apologies if the last couple of weeks have been a little uh, below par. We've just been battling on to try and make sure we keep getting something out every week. Jumbo, my segment today before I put my podcast oh, yeah. life right. And I really, I really apologise for yeah. today's show. Hey, 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 <laughs> back it up. Anyway, guys, we'll be back in the studio next week. Back to normal. We've got Barry Siff coming on. He's a great interview. So let's get into it, Jumbo. I'm Russ. I'm Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. Kia kaha.